Welcome back to I Did This Instead of Killing Myself, a stand-up comedy lifestyle podcast I host here. Uh, it's based in Greenville, South Carolina. My name is David Baker. It's the week of October 3rd, 2021, and uh, we have another uh, exciting week of local comedy here. Um, before we get into today's episode, I wanted to quick say good luck to our very own uh, Whitney Rayner. She was an earlier guest on this show and she's one of the local uh comedians that we've all kind of become good friends with she just moved to los angeles so as of saturday she's officially not here anymore she's going to be doing comedy out there so uh good luck whitney um i'm sure she'll be doing some great things and um we're sad to see her go, but excited to see what she uh, will be up to. And uh, we'll try to have her on soon again uh, via Zoom or something to just uh, see how things are going out there. Um, but uh, but yeah, um, but moving forward, we do have a great guest today as well. Uh, another uh, very talented local female comedian, Christina Rose Yassi. Um, She's one of my good friends here in Greenville. Um, she always cracks me up. She is a theater uh, girl. Um, that was her where she's, um, I think, first got her start on stage. She's extremely talented in theater, studied it at Bob Jones, and uh, has a real passion for the theater. Uh, but that transitioned into a, a passion for stand-up comedy as well, and she realized that she's a natural at it. Uh, she's got a lot of good... Uh, um, material about being single and in her 20s and wrestling with um, pursuing a dream and also wrestling with her her upbringing and I kind of relate to that as well uh, so yeah and uh, she has a cat and um, she has she works at a dress shop and always has interesting quirky stories about her life um, and uh, really a big fan of Christina's she's always great at any show she's on so I uh, highly encourage you to check her out, and I really hope you enjoy our conversation. I think you will. Um, all right, but before we get into the interview, here's what's going on in local comedy the week of October 3rd, 2021. So um, first we have our open mics at uh, our usual open mics beginning tonight, Monday, uh, or October 4th, I mean. Shit. <laughs> um, Coffee Underground uh, at 7 o'clock, hosted by Craig Holcomb, No Expectations Comedy. Uh, be there a little before 7, free show. Uh, immediately following that, at about 8.30, we have um, All Jokes Aside, hosted by Dante Anderson at Habiba's Mediterranean Restaurant. Um, on Tuesday, at Doolittle's in Anderson, downtown Anderson, um, we have a, a mic starting at 7 o'clock. Um, usually, actually starts around 7.30. No cover to that mic. Um, it's an open mic portion to start and then um our uh brad deaton is featuring and uh, brad was actually a guest on the show earlier as well so go out support brad um at doolittles and anderson on tuesday wednesday at the radio room uh, our open mic hosted by adam schulte beginning at eight o'clock that's a free show get there a little bit early to get on the list and talk to adam on thursday we have two shows first off we have a new uh uh series of shows that's being run by Danny Sims and Ryan Rubin at the Golden Grove Brewery. Um, it's going to be called uh, the Oktoberfest Comedy Show. Uh, Ryan Rubin's going to be hosting. Danny Sims will be performing. Jalen Orr, I'll be on this show. And Bill Rye. It's a $5 cover. Um, 
And uh, yeah, come on out to Golden Grove Brewery on Thursday, 8 o'clock. Also on Thursday at Comedy Zone, we have the Jokes Out Loud show. Um, that's our local open mic show starting at 8 o'clock as well. Uh, $10 cover for that. Um, and that should be a blast. I'm going to try and perform at both shows uh, if I can. I'm going to try to run to both. Um, but yeah, that'll be uh, that'll be a fun night on Thursday. On Saturday, we have uh, our um, another show in that Oktoberfest comedy show series at the Beer Station in Seneca, South Carolina. Uh, Ryan Rubin is again hosting. Danny Sims is performing. Brad Deaton uh, and David Zasloff are on that show, and I believe I'll be going out there to do some uh, some time as well on a guest spot. So uh, so yeah, come on out, check us out. Uh, that's it for local comedy. I hope you all have a great week, and I hope you enjoy the interview with Christina. Here it is. This is a bookmark. This is not my bookmark. Um, I'm this is a to-do list. Welcome to the show. Yeah, my guest is Christina Rose Yassi. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Yeah. Happy Sunday. Thank you. I feel like I'm the only person that's ever asked to be on this podcast because that's how lame I am. No, some other people have asked, but I appreciate it. Christina likes to listen to the podcast. I I do. Yeah. (laughs) Every week. And we just started off... uh, you lent me th- that book. I did. Rilke's Book of Hours. Rilke's Book of Love, Hours. What is it? Love Poems to God. Who's the author, though? Rilke. Rilke? He's a German, he was a German monk. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would write those, he would write poems to God in the early hours when they would be like meditating and in moments of silence. Okay. Yeah. What inspired that book? Huh. I was doing a reading challenge. God, I was doing a reading challenge early in 2020 and i think the month of april so every month you had a different book you had to read and april's book was a book of poetry um this was recent though this is this was april last year okay um so in the throes of the pandemic and one of (laughs) this is such a long drawn out thing have you seen um jojo rabbit yeah i love that movie i own it Uh, it's so good so at the end of jojo rabbit the poem that they show is a rookie poem and it's um, let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. Um, no feeling is final. Where's the last line? You just keep going or something. And I just, I love that. Like I love mm-hmm. the idea of no feeling is final because I am a <laughs> deeply feeling person. And in the moment, it always feels like this is the worst it's going to be. But yeah. no feeling is final, including good ones. And so recognizing like if a moment is good, being totally present in that, uh-huh. um, knowing that it's not going to last forever. For it. Right. Yeah. And then when everything falls to shit, knowing this is not final and yeah. how I feel about this is not final. Yeah. Um, so I just, I loved that poem and I figured, you know, so that you got the book good. after you saw it. I did. I did. Okay. Yes. That was my, and it's pretty dog eared. I think there are a couple ones that I've, yeah, yeah it's, it's, there were a lot that I liked. Mm-hmm. So yes, that's, that's the story behind that one. So that's how you live your life now. Did you, did, no. were you a little bit more, no, that's how you aspire <laughs> I try. to it's been like my wallpaper on my phone before and I'll click it and I'm like, this is stupid. This is dumb. This yeah. is not real. Um, but yeah. So you basically, um, yeah, I do like that. Uh, what they, what he said in that poem, no feeling is final. Um, what was the last part of the poem? It's like, it's just keep going or something. Just Maybe keep going. Yeah. Just keep swimming. Kind of like, uh. Well, and I, I like Dory the, on uh, Finding Nemo <laughs> said the same thing. And I like the let everything happen to you, beauty and terror. You know, just like be present and 
Mm-hmm. Another, this is going to turn into like a nerdy book podcast. One of my other favorite authors, um, Cheryl Strayed, she wrote Wild and she's done a couple other um, like advice columns. She has a famous quote where she says, always put yourself in the way of beauty. And if you're in the way of things in the way are, of beauty, what does yeah. that mean? Acting in the way of beauty or well, just, like obstructing but, beauty? Well, I think it's just like making sure that you're living your life forward and in a way that you're you're present with what's going on and like aware of the little things and not just like if, if you're stuck in traffic, you're not. This is, I don't. You're not screaming. Right, right. I'm like, like recognizing. Doing that. Okay, well, it is you know, fi- like finding joy in moments like that. Okay. That's my interpretation of it. Um, yeah. I think it helps with comedy um, and yeah. just like because we're all noticing people and observing and yeah. leaning from that and there's there are all, every everything is content everything can be content yeah um, so putting yourself in the way of moments of of story and moments that can be funny or silly or yeah I think it's this little segue to comedy uh, I think yes. it's perfect for comedy um, there's nothing more uh in the moment than comedy i don't think um and there's never uh a more helpful reminder to me about not getting too high or low based on how something goes than comedy because this could suck or it could be great right and either way you don't want to fall in love with yourself if it goes well or hate yourself if it goes bad but i also think that there's like I, i i get tired of this idea of self um deprecation Specifically with stand-up because I notice it more because so many of us get up there and that's the, the yeah. base of our set. Do you think it's hack? I don't think it's hack. I just don't always think it's beneficial. Like I, I think that there are moments where when you walk off stage and someone says, hey, that was great. It's It, it behooves you more to say, thanks, I felt good about that one than ju- to just immediately be like, oh man, no, it wasn't. <laughs> I always do like, that. Right. And, 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 if, and if, you <laughs> felt like you're, if you feel like your set was shit, like that's one thing for sure. But there, I've had moments where I've walked off and I've been like, yes, that was it. That was it, and I felt it in the moment, and I was I I. That's the best. I got the last ever gone. right, right, and I'm not gonna yeah. walk off stage and be like, no, it was terrible. Stop. Continue to tell me how good it was. I'm gonna be like, yeah, thanks. That felt really good. Christina I felt Yassi really good about that hates one. false modesty. I do. I do. <laughs> God. Look, I, I mm, yes, I do. I do. Mm. I think that people need to be confident, and if you're putting if you're putting work into it, and it matters to you. I mean, that's why we don't like when we bomb because it's important again this yeah. whole idea of like i don't give a shit and it's like yes you do yes you do yeah <laughs> it, matter- so, it matters greatly to you i so care right mm. i don't know i don't think apathy is interesting or attractive and i don't think it's really anybody apathy yeah i thought girls liked apathy where yeah. in god's green <laughs> earth did you hear well, that girls liked apathy no and in, in the sense of like not caring like uh like being indifferent towards Jim Halpert break the fourth wall there's not a woman alive that doesn't want someone to care well care about them well I guess I'm talking more like the courtship phase of a dating situation like if a guy is like constantly calling you and cares too much you don't want him to care so much you want him to have like his own life his own stuff going on I don't think that neediness and caring too much are the same what is apathy what's the definition of apathy not caring, right? Miriam Webster would okay. des- <laughs> describe it. This is I am annoyed because I feel like all of your other podcasts have been so like intentional and we're just this I feel this, so no, this boring. is exa- I swear to God this I is exactly so how they're supposed to go. Nerdy. Although the, you're okay. the first person to look up something on a dictionary. Apathy. That's because I was homeschooled. 
Christina Yassi was homeschooled. Lack of interest, enthusiasm, or concern. So just to okay, be clear, lack of concern. If we're going, oh no 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 no, lack no, of no, concern. That's lack of interest. Of you you just said that you think girls like apathy, and when apathy actually means lack of interest. In them, yeah, yeah. You want a guy that doesn't that isn't into you at first. That like, because then you know you could have them. There's no. <laughs> no. Okay. Well. I don't. I want to be adored. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yes, I. What? No, you don't. Oh God. Well, eventually you don't want to be adored, but not early, because then it doesn't feel appropriate. Like he doesn't, doesn't even know you. No, he's I adoring want, I you already. That's out of. That's that's misplaced adoration. Hmm. Anyway, we can get off that. Fascinating. <laughs> you could do a spinoff podcast Riveting. on relationships. <laughs> Riveting. Why is the book here? Because I'll let you borrow it. Why? Because we went out <laughs> and I gave you a book. I'm just kidding. I let you borrow a book. Talk. Yeah. She, yeah. That was, so I did start reading that book. And uh, yeah. Um, do you ever write your own poetry? No. Mm-mm. No, you haven't? It's, so again, I have never liked poetry. Um I, I just, I'm a little, I feel like I'm more straightforward. And so when things are super layered and, and it's tons of metaphor, I've not ever, that's never spoken to me the same way that prose has. Um, and I, I'm not good with rhymes. Um, Uh and the, the, it probably would be good for me to try and write it just because I think the rhythm of poetry would aid in some of the rhythm of, of comedy and in joke writing. Um, yeah. So, but no, I've never written anything. Yeah. Even Not even when you were little? No. No? No. I didn't write much when I was, I mean, I've, I've kept a journal for most of my life. Okay. But I definitely was more of a, a coloring book child. Really? Than a poetry writing oh, interesting. child. <laughs> did you write, uh, did you do coloring books of like, uh, like what was the subject of it? Was it like Barbies. Disney? Barbies? <laughs> Always Barbies. Okay. Just beautiful skinny women. Yeah. <laughs> That's coloring their outfits yes <laughs> do you feel differently about that now i do oh yeah. boy don't i yeah no i've really never put more thought into that at all than in this moment and like i guess animals i would like color pictures of cats yeah <laughs> i don't know you still love cats to this day i do um, i do i'm a proud cat mom yeah marshall yes he's deaf mm-hmm. um it's just us and he, yeah i love him he's my little buddy yeah my little friend i love it's, I think it's good to have something to take care of aside from myself. Yeah. It helps. Like I, I don't, I'm nowhere near the point of wanting or, you know, going to have children anytime soon, um, if ever. But I like, I think that it's good to have something else to take care of because it does kind of, it is, I think it's made me less selfish. Yeah. Yeah. Like when he wakes me up in the middle of the night. For sure. How long have you had Marshall? A year. A year. Okay. Okay. A year ago. Yep. So you got him during the pandemic? I did. I got him the week after my brother left for the army because I had to replace Nick somehow. Yeah. And so he I, and Marshall's been helpful with that? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Very did you good. feel like you sacrificed any of your personal life by having a cat? No, he's very self-sufficient. Yeah. I leave him alone for very long periods of time. Yeah. I feel like I have more separation anxiety than he does. I'm like, oh, I miss him. I'm going to go home now. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm never. Yeah, cats are easier than dogs, aren't they? They say mm-hmm. that. You I can, don't have to walk him. Mm. He poops in a box. Yeah. I've been thinking about getting a dog, but I'm worried. What kind of I th- dog? I think it might be good for me. Well, um, there's, uh, I have a friend, well, Momo. Oh, yeah, yeah, She's, her dog Zara is yeah. needing a home. She's so, oh, yeah, you should take her. I thought she was going to keep her. Well, I'm still deciding this, so I don't know if I was going to, 
Yeah, she's uh, she's great. I just I just worry that um, I already am really selfish, and it would make me less selfish. But like, it would just be a commitment. I would I would feel guilty about not being able to give her attention. So get a cat. Get a cat. Yeah. Yeah. That's my advice: if you're not allergic, I think you should get one. I kind of like cats a lot more now than I used to. They're I used to best. like when I was little. I would like traumatize the neighbor cats. <laughs> kind of. It's not surprising to me in the slightest. <laughs> not really traumatized, but like they would scratch, and I would be like, you know. But, um, yeah, I think I like cats now. I think I understand them a little bit more. No, they're great. Like, you can't go right up to them. Because, like, at a party or something, you can't. See, my cat's Because they'll, like, run away from you. He'll he'll jump on you. Oh, he will? Oh, yes. No, he he always wants to be around people, which is part of why I like him, because he's so... He's weird. Okay. He's kind of like a dog. He plays fetch. He does? Yeah. Oh, it's that's very so nice. Fun. Yeah. I feel like most cats, though, when you approach them, they're, like... <laughs> skeptical they of you they just want to be on their own terms just yeah. want to be on their own terms they just want to they need time to get to know you right it's because they're smart mm-hmm. yeah anyway I don't know if I'm going to get a cat anytime soon <laughs> but uh, but yeah Christina Rose Yassi so yes. you, you are a stand-up comic and an actress and you're you have more of a heart for acting I don't, don't you I don't, I, I don't know no, if I'm no, attributing that's a, that that's a good it's a, it's a good like, question what um, do you love more ugh. I don't. I don't think that it's a matter of what I love more. Um, there are elements I love about both of them. I think I'm more confident with stand-up, um, and it's it's funny. I went and I saw Nate Bargatze uh, at the Peace Center this past week, and yes. I was watching his his um, feature and his opener. And the whole time I was watching them, I was like, I could do this. Like I would. <laughs> I would be totally comfortable <laughs> playing. Um, like I would. I. I've. Because I've done theater and I've performed in, you know, venues, not not quite to that size, but I've, I've performed for like a couple thousand people at a time. Um, the the space didn't bother me. And I was like, I could I could fill five, ten minutes um, and get a crowd warm. And <laughs> when I go and I see um, Broadway shows or touring productions, um, I sit there and I'm like, I could never <laughs> I could never do that. Who do I think I am? Um, interesting yeah so the one you're closer to you have more of a uh, fear of like replicating I guess like what I mean I don't I don't know where it comes like, from um, I think that I get because that's your world I get the Broadway way shows more, I, know, I get way more in my head about theater than I do with comedy um, and I think it's because theater feels more competitive to me because I've I'll, you know you walk in the room and I'm comedy's I'm, beneath you no, 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 not that at all. But I think that my, and I, I should just learn how to take the confidence I bring to stand up into an audition room. I actually had a call back a couple of weeks ago and the director knows I do stand up and she was like, mm-hmm, great, Christina, can you reread that whole section like you're doing your stand up? And I was like, yes. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Um, interesting. So that was, it was a fun note to get. Um, but yeah, I think that like, I know I walk into an open mic and I confidently can say no one else in that room is going to have material anything like mine um, or is going to have the same energy that I have. And I walk into an audition room and I'm like, okay, she looks like me and she looks totally different than me and we're going for the same role. And so it's going to come down to what the director wants and do I need to try to fit the mold or do I need to try Mm. to be my own self, like be be like more myself. And it, I just get way more, I overthink it a whole lot more than I do with stand up. Um, and I, I feel like I have more control with my comedy because it is 100% my content. Mm-hmm. 
So nobody's going to be able to say what I'm going to say um, yeah. or do it the way that I do it. Yeah. But I love them both. Um, and I'm excited to start being in theatrical productions again. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. It is kind of interesting. How long have you been doing theater? Oh, God. Um, since I was like six or eight. That's why. Somewhere around there. Yeah. It means so much to you. So I love uh, it so much. You, the stakes are higher for you <clears throat> and your personal identity, maybe. I don't think there's... I think that there was definitely a, a time when it was 100% identity. Um, and I remember it was I'm right... Get, I'm getting... Yeah. But, like therapeutic on this. Like, I don't mean to. No, like no, no, exactly, no, 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 no. It's, it's, I think yeah. this is a good, this is a good, um, conversation to have. Cause it was like all through middle school, all through high school. I was like, I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go to New York. I'm going to be professional. And, yeah. um, it was my senior year of college and there was an audition the next day. And I think it was like a month before graduation and I was just sitting in my bed and staring at my mother and my mom was like sitting across from me and I wasn't, I wasn't crying. I wasn't super emotional, but I was like, what have I done? What have I done? I just spent four years getting a bullshit degree from a bullshit uh, school. Oh. I have no, I have no job after like, I, I, I was working in retail, still am um, at the time. And I was like, I, I am not, I can't do, I can't do this. I can't, what have I done? I've just wasted four years of my life. And I got so mad at my mom. I was like, why did you believe in me? <laughs> Which I talk about in my set. Um, yeah. And I was like, I'm not going to do the audition. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do it. I can't do it. What was the it. audition for? It was, in- it was for one of the theaters in town. It was like a, another season audition. So it was okay. a song and a monologue. Um, and the next day I was working and then I was going to go to the audition and I wasn't going to do it. I was like going to email and not do it. And my brother actually ended up printing out my headshot and my resume and drove it to where I was working at the time. And he was like, you're going to, you're going to do it. You're going to do the audition. Oh, um, that's a good brother. Yeah. And cause he was doing film stuff at the time and he was like, look, if I'm going to do it, you've got to do it. It's your same <laughs> brother that's the in Army. the military, right? Yeah. Yes. He's dead mm. to me now. <laughs> Not really. Not really. Yeah. Yeah. He's just better than I am, but it's fine. He's also funnier than I am. And I wish like every time he comes into town, I'm like, Nick, you should do an open mic. He's like, I won't do it. And I was like, no, but you should. And yeah. then I'm glad he doesn't because he would be, he'd wipe the floor with me. Yeah. He's so funny. Oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. So you had this like panic attack with your mom. Yes. But, um, okay. So you went to Bob Jones and you majored in theater, right? Yes. Yes. That's <laughs> my other claim to fame. You know, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, I, I mean, I don't know. Like, Bob Jones is Bob Jones considered liberal arts mm-hmm. as well as like it is. all the other connotations. Yes, um, it's liberal arts in every. La- I, I believe every major. Um, like, if you finish their four-year program, regardless of what you major in with all of the Bible classes you're forced to take, you get an automatic Bible minor. It's uncredited. Wait, really? Um, yeah. Okay. So I have an unofficial Bible minor mm-hmm. um, and a BA in theater. Yeah. And I sell clothes. That's okay though. I mean, <laughs> I, mean I sell stuff, uh, but yeah, it's a good, uh, I went to a liberal arts school and you know, initially I thought all the degrees were kind of BS, but um, <laughs> no, mine's a BA. <laughs> I'm sorry. That She's was a comedian, so folks. That was oh so my bad. God. <laughs> oh my god. Well, I used to have this thought about liberal arts, and I, I used to feel like because I had friends that would go to state schools totally. and they'd get normal sounding degrees. What did you major in? Economics. That's normal. Kind of, but it's pretty general. I mean, I picked one of the ones. That my degree is called theater arts. Still, though. Okay, here's the case I'll make for your degree or okay, ours. Okay, I'm ready. Is 
the um, all of those technical sounding degrees that big state schools. I mean, they might qualify you a little bit more specifically for the job you're applying for out of school, but most jobs are going to need more education anyway. Totally. If like you're going to need a master's, if you're going to, so like, or you don't you need could, the degree at all. You, well, you just need the degree. Most companies hire based on you having a degree, but you could sure. interview for like anything with a theater major, like English major. Let me know if you find anything. No, you can. <laughs> you can. As long as you know the people that you're interviewing with sure. or like you get in with sure, them. Sure, sure, sure. Because, uh, I don't know, I think there's like a lot of really specific degrees that are stupid, easy, and a lot of companies would rather hire somebody who's at least, you know, read about theater, wrote papers <laughs> about theater, can think critically, sure. no, can, can communicate. I, so I think liberal arts students are pretty badass. I don't know, I think if I could do it over again, I would at least take a gap year. Yeah. 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 But, you know, coulda, shoulda, woulda. Well, yeah, your life's it. basically over now. You're, 20, honestly, you're 25. All, almost 26. All, the, all downhill. No, man. I haven't even peaked oh, yet. I'm ready. No, you got the whole... <laughs> yeah, you got everything ahead of you. Oh, yeah. Um. So, okay. So, you um started doing stand-up pretty recently um, after the... Um, yeah. Yes and no. I, I actually did my first open mic um in 2018 at Chakora Alley back when that was so Oh, unreal. I was never living here when that was Yeah, a, a so room. that would be um that was Kenny and then like Chris Todaro and Ari Funny. <laughs> um she actually hosted my first open mic. Okay. Which is weird to think about in hindsight. Um What was that one like? And it was what inspired a really, you? So <laughs> um I've always loved stand up comedy and my first introduction to it was in seventh grade. Um <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Um, I was homeschooled and we would have co-op once a week and co-op um, is what it's it's um, like, you do so, normal kid stuff. Well, it's where it's, it's <laughs> so you <laughs> no, essentially it I is. Didn't mean it, like it, the, the more I think about it, the funnier it gets. And I really do need to figure out how to put this into a set. But my seventh grade curriculum was called challenge a and um, we had like we once a week we would meet with a teacher and she would teach us everything and give us our homework for the week. And then we would go home and we would do, you know, our homeschool work to okay. the rest of the week and then come back Monday and she would check it. So it was just a little more accountability. Mm -hmm. And we had the, you know, the social aspect and everything. Um, but the last class of the day was rhetoric. <gasps> and, um, I think it's funny cause the, my, my teacher was a woman, but her husband would come in and teach rhetoric cause obviously, you know, men are smarter um, <laughs> what? why would the husband teach reading? i have no idea to this day I've, I've been i've been thinking about this this week i don't know and i also don't know why in my rhetoric class he decided to like give us an icebreaker with brian regan and so he sat all of us like little seventh graders down and showed us um it was the i walked on the moon bit i think it's from his um the epitome of epitome of a hyperbole like that special maybe um and i we all is that loved what you say it. It? a hyperbole is somebody well, his, who his joke is in in the special it is epitome of a hyperbole is how you would uh -huh. actually say it but his joke is the epitome of a hyperbole okay because the joke is that i assume he doesn't you never mispronounce things so i, was, I do i do right. i try not to because i google everything i was like hyperbole that must be the correct no it's hyperbole but I, the joke, I assumed yeah the joke of the of his bit okay um, is the mispronunciation i would have believed it if you would but yeah, all it is okay. confidence how does the joke go um oh i have google it i have no idea i can't remember, remember the he premise just, of what's he, funny well, about he's it? talking about how um 
someone told him that he mispronounces things or he, he mispronounces things and is, is too dramatic about things or something. And he says, isn't that just the epitome of a hyperbole? Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a dad joke. I mean, it's a Brian. Uh, joke. I like that. But we, we were watching his, um, I walked on the moon bit and I like, I just remembered it. And I remember I, I, oh, I is that the left. one how nobody's going to remember the other guy? Yes. Yes. That's... And he's like trying to top your top other people's stories. And, I like memorized it and I would, I would yeah. quote it and I started YouTubing him. And so I started watching Brian Regan and, and Tim Hawkins because <laughs> Christianity and, um, and I, I love Tim Hawkins. I think he's, he's very smart, but I've always loved stand up and I would memorize their sets basically. And then just like at family functions riff on them. And I like loved making my family laugh yeah. and, um, my dad is very Italian and very sarcastic. So I, that, that was kind of ingrained in me at a what? young age. Um, and then I had a friend who was doing stand up, and I went to see his show and I was like, I could do this. And uh -huh. after I watched everybody, I went up and I walked on the stage and just kind of like looked at the room and I was like, I could totally do this. Uh -huh. And so a month later, um, when I was in a tour at the time and then when the tour ended, I like literally we unloaded the van. I changed in my car and I drove to the open mic um, and I did a solid five minute set and Chris Todaro came up to me afterward and he was like, was this legitimately your first mic? Mm. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> never done it before. And he was like, can you do a show next week? So I, my second Shh. time doing stand up, I was booked. Oh um, my God. But then I, then I, for anybody listening, that's not how it normally works. <laughs> You're one of those people. No, you know, no. Okay. No, 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 no. That's a compliment. Mm -hmm. I think, um, People that do well their first time, it's pretty incredible. I have saw somebody on the but, Comedy Zone last Thursday do that, and, and we were just... But no, and I would argue I would argue that while it was my first open mic, I have been on stage in front of people for almost 20 years. Sure. So I'm very comfortable with a microphone. I'm very comfortable talking in front of people. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't think that it's necessarily... Like, yes, I got... I was very fortunate, and I will absolutely say that the right people were in the room. Um and again, like I'm, it's not like I'm a wildly successful comic either, but um, it wasn't just an overnight, mm -hmm. you know, oh, wow, you're just gifted. Like, it, yeah, it, I've, so, I have my bachelor's degree. <laughs> you, yeah. Um, and, but then I GPA? took a, oh, I don't remember. High, low. I, don't know. I didn't win anything, but I graduated. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, didn't, oh, I, I, I thought I be, didn't care enough. I'm sure about, it was good. I didn't care enough about my GPA, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, you said something as earlier as I my about how you memorized uh, well, Brian Regan's mm -hmm, act and mm -hmm. other things I'm yeah. sure you memorized and recited. What do you think it is about, because you were seventh grade then, mm -hmm. what do you think it is about a young person memorizing? Because I did the same thing. Yeah. I don't know an answer. But like, why I think it has memorize and, and perform recite, I, not even in front of people totally. per se, but like in conversation with... Because that's like, the most saying, fun I have with... Why did I memorize it or why would I say Yeah, it why do you think you were compelled to do that? I think a lot of it's... I think a lot of it is, is the age. Like, you know, you're, we're, we are like little sponges. Um, mm -hmm. And you your memory is better when you're younger, typically. I um, mean, you just kind of are receptive to everything. Um, and I know for me personally, I'm a very auditory learner. And so typically if I hear something, I'll remember it. Um mm -hmm. And because comedy has such a rhythm to it, it's like getting a song stuck in your head. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there's 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 a pulse to it and there's a heartbeat to it. And I thought it was funny. And so it, I, I never like would try to pass it off like, hey, listen to this bit that I wrote at 12 years old. Right. I, would, I would talk about like, oh, there's this really funny 
Tim Hawkins bit and it goes like this. And yeah. And the better you could get at reciting it, totally. the more likely the person you're telling it to totally. would be like. And then even like thinking, think, I started thinking about things that would happen to me in the structure of, of storytelling and in the structure of jokes. And that was kind of where my, like I would, I would just riff um, yeah. and I would be, I remember there would be moments when I would just be bitching about something and my mom would just start laughing and she's like, you're just really funny. And she has some recordings on her phone of me just like going off in the kitchen. But then I start swearing and she'll turn it off because she doesn't like uh, that. <laughs> um, yeah. But I do. I think I'm I'm funniest when I just kind of go off the cuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't know why. I just I've always yeah. I've always performed. Yeah. I'll, even even for as nervous as I get doing it. I've mm -hmm. always like, you know. What do you like about performing? Oof. I love I love the the moment of everybody in the room being part of the same thing, mm -hmm. being part of the same moment. I think that's why I like live performances because it's everybody's breathing the same air. Mm -hmm. um, God, that sounds so like oh, yeah. we're just all <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> breathing the same air. Um, but no, it really it it I like I love the attention. I'm not gonna sit here and be like it has nothing me to too. do with me. I love the attention. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I love when I when I feel like I got it right. Um, mm -hmm. It's pretty exhilarating. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like a, a risk junkie kind of activity. Like, and I think when I like when I get it right, people. and this is going to sound like annoying and artsy, but I think when I get it really really right, the moments when I feel the most generous are when I get it right. Mm -hmm. Like when I know when I'm when I'm right there in the moment with the audience, um, and I'm not talking through the laugh and I'm riding the laugh and I <sighs> laugh at myself or I'm able to, I, I'm not, I haven't done much with crowd work. I, I would like to start working on that. Um, but I think that just the moment of, it feels like you're just talking, right? Yeah. Like you're just kind of having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's not contrived. That's and real. People need it. You know, people, mm -hmm. I think my, my favorite moments of stand up are when I get off the stage and like I have a bit on <laughs> divorce and, I did it and this woman came up to me afterward and she was like, is there a recording of that? And she said, I just, I'm getting out of like a 24 year marriage. Um, and she was like, and then this is one of my first girls night out since everything. Yeah. And she's like, and I just, I needed that. And she Isn't was like, that cool. It, and, and like that, that really means something, you know, cause it's not, I don't think of, I think of comedy as art. Absolutely. But it, it has such lowbrow connotations sometimes, but I, I mean, yeah. people don't want to feel alone. Mm -hmm. Um, and I started, I got back into it. So I started in 2018 and then stopped because mm -hmm. I just, I got burned out very quickly. Mm -hmm. um, and I started doing it again because I was so sad during the pandemic. I was just so, I was like, I have never been this depressed before. Um, yeah. And I knew I wasn't the only person feeling that way. And I wasn't the only person going through what I was going through. And that, like, to, again, to speak to selfishness, I'm really good at romanticizing my life and playing the victim. Um, and I was like, if I can try to connect with, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely. Like oh, yes, mean. yes, extremely. Yeah. Again, yeah. theater major. Mm -hmm. um, so I had a question. Yeah, I want to talk about the pandemic thing too, but in a second, the uh, when I when I do stand up, the um, I haven't done theater, well, basically never. Um, when There's I, still time. Yeah, I would love to. <laughs> if you're a man, you will get I cast. Would, I would love to figure out how to. Yeah, but um, a way for me to kind of tell how it's going is you like are talking to the audience and you're looking at them and you can tell based on their body language, based on them like smiling, like totally. if if you're losing them or not. Totally. With theater, 
My understanding <laughs> is you're not really looking at the audience. You're engaged in the yeah. scene. Can you still tell? Can you yes. still tell if you're losing the audience yes. or if they're hooked in? Oh, no. Because oh. like, I, I thought there might be that. Because I know with acting, there's an energy that, that happens. Oh, you can tell. You can. God, you can tell. Like the energy is palpable I in the room. Even, similarly. I would almost say you can, you can tell more so. I can feel it more so when I'm in a, a play um, <clears throat> or a piece of theater just because there are other people on stage with you, right? So like you mm-hmm. get, you have that energy coming from your scene partners. Um, and you, you absolutely know if someone's zoned out, um, especially when I was, when I was in school, when I was at Bob Jones, um, <laughs> the students are required to see a lot of the big productions that are done. Mm-hmm. And you can, you could tell, you could just tell if, if the, you, you could tell when if it was working, when, you could tell when the sports teams were there and when the people that didn't care about theater in the slightest were in the audience and they were just there because they had to be, because you would walk out and it was just, it hurt. Like it was, you, you could just feel the dead space in the air. And then there were nights where you'd walk out and you knew that did your you friends ever, were in the audience. Did and, you ever have a situation where the disinterested non-common theater goers started that way? And then got hooked into the energy of the scene and you could tell you had them. Totally. You could tell that Yeah, too. and it was always the moments that were funny okay. when that happened. Uh, at least At least with Shakespeare, um, which is what I did a lot of in, in college. Um, I think part of what I like the most about stand-up is if someone's talking in the room, you can address it. That's, oh, that's the yeah. thing that I hate the most about being on stage is, is there's a conversation happening in the front row and there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do in that moment without, because it's not appropriate to. What can you do? Pause. I have made so when I was in the Tempest, we were performing at the. Oh, it was awful. Um, we were performing in the at the school in, I don't know Seneca maybe, it doesn't matter. And they wanted nothing to do with us. I mean, it was awful. And I walked out to do. I like. I didn't want to go. It's the only time in my life I've been like, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I won't do it. I won't go on stage. I'm not going to do it. Um, cause they just weren't paying attention. They were just, they were so rowdy. They weren't listening. They were all talking and I walked out and I just know, I can't remember what the line was, but I said it directly to a kid and I just stared at her <laughs> until she knew that I was staring at her and like, and it quieted down a little bit. But then like, I hated giving it that much attention and because, cause she threw me and I was like, these, these are like, you yeah. know, high schoolers. Like I, I, I cared too much in that moment what they thought because I was so mad. Um, so with this, but. with these performances, you were traveling to different high schools to mm-hmm. perform for them because yeah. you were still homeschool at this point. No, so this was this was post grad. So this is this was my first like professional oh. thing that I did after I graduated. Um, okay. Yeah, so I I did a tour with the Warehouse Theater and we okay. would perform Tempest and then we would teach workshops. Okay. At a couple. Um, high schools and very cool yeah but sometimes it was a captive audience that didn't necessarily want totally. to be there. well yeah because i mean it was you, you get like t1 schools and you get schools that are you know are, we're there for grants which is amazing and i think that yeah that, wasn't that, it pretty fun touring though <laughs> this one um i have i have a lot of stories i've got a lot of I, I got a lot of great stories out of it and i got a lot of great friendships out of it and that's yeah. all i'm gonna say i did another tour with children's theater that i absolutely loved mm-hmm. um well just like the act of touring like you're with your yeah, group. Being, being, you you yeah. show up to a different place. Yeah. Um, I only did that one time in school. It's fun. It was in show choir and we had to go to... <laughs> t- <laughs> of course you were in show choir. That was so Talk ridiculous. Talk about that on stage. Make I fun don't of that. Know. I don't... It's been so long. I was in a I don't, glee club. I don't remember a lot of details about it aside from <laughs> one time we went touring 
and you just felt kind of cool. Wow, yeah. Which is really ironic, considering. <laughs> considering. That felt cool when I was on tour with it my. Was, it was not cool. My show choir. Jess um, Cooley and I had an interview, and he this came up. He said you have to put a picture up of like. Yeah. The blue uniforms you had to wear, but uh, but yeah, just like going. Yeah. It's like it's it's mini show business, well, you know. It, it it's it's like after, going to a different place. Well, new and after audience, I graduated, same act. totally. And after I graduated, and, and I like I like performing in different spaces too. That was fun. Um, but it was also nice, like after graduating and having this moment of what am I doing to be able to say actually I'm a touring actor. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it was you know it's always good money, but yeah. Uh, one time when I was in college, speaking back to. Like in stand up, you can kind of call out the heckler, and in theater, you can't. Mm-hmm. Um, I was my senior project was a gender bent production of Henry the Fourth. Um, what did you say? What kind of production? Gender bent. What's that? Oh, there's different genders. Well, no, it's it's all of the men were played by women. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, it but, was, a, but that's the opposite. In old ancient Shakespeare, the, the very good, yes, the exactly. women were played by men mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. women weren't allowed to act. Precisely, Is that right? Right. Okay. So you know, it only took four hundred years later, and we're like, actually, let's change that model. Anyway, it was a <laughs> it, really it was it was a choice. It was it <laughs> was a choice. And in this production, there's a very famous um, tavern scene, and it's just very, very text heavy and there's a lot going on and it's, it's a long scene and your audience by that point in the show, if the audience isn't with you, they never will be, but it's one of the funniest parts of the play. So if they're with you, it's just phenomenal. And it was mm-hmm. opening night. So it's opening night, which is already like exciting and there's lots of energy. It was my senior project. Um, and halfway through this big scene, <laughs> a child on the front row. So it was in, it was like a thrust stage and almost like a theater in the round kind of situation. Um, so the stage is flat and the seating is raked and around it. Um, okay. so there was, it wasn't proscenium. There wasn't much of a separation from the audience and the actors. Cool. And yeah. on the front row, some poor child had had like creamed corn or something for dinner and it did not sit well with her. And she started, <laughs> I shit you not projectile vomiting oh no all over her all over the stage all over like the actor that was sitting right there in the middle of our on scene on the, oh yeah and, and you, you can hear it you could hear her gag and then you could hear it to hit the ground and it was and i just what like, everybody do we i looked at my scene partner and we both like we knew it was happening and i mean what do you do you you can't stop just power and through so we just finished the scene and then we took intermission early. So instead of like, that wasn't where the play was supposed to stop, but we finished the scene. And we, I mean, we still had probably 10 or 12 minutes of this scene to go. And by that point, no one's watching us. They're just watching this little girl throw up all over herself. Um, but we couldn't like stop and make fun of it. Yeah. Um, and we just finished the scene and then they cleaned everything up and we came out and finished the play. But wow. you know, if that happens at an open mic, yeah, you, you, you've you, got five more minutes of content to riff off. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't address that in a stand-up situation, that that seemed weird. Right, right. Yeah. So I think that's that's the element of stand-up that I prefer to theater, just the ability to be like, yeah. are you all seeing this? Can you <laughs> believe this is happening right now? Uh-huh. Um, as opposed to just like, well, um, I'm good if you are, so mm. I guess we're just going to keep this going. Yeah. Gosh, that's nuts. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, we don't have babies to deal with in stand-up normally. That's true. Yeah, normally it's that is adult true. only at a bar. No, but performing in front of kids is one of my favorite things. Really? I, that's why I love children's theater. Yeah. Because yeah. they just get so much joy from it. And if you mess up, they don't care. Mm-hmm. And it's real to them. You know, and, and they're they're so... I just... I, I love it. That was one of my yeah. favorite things about doing the tour with children's theater. Um, what plays were you doing for the kids? 
So the tour was Elephant and Piggies. We are in a play. Aww. So it's based on Mo Willem books. Um, and it Cute. was just this. It was it was just precious. And we were performing for. I think we had like a couple preschool. We performed for some preschools, um, all the way up through like maybe second or third grade. Mm-hmm. Once you get to third grade, you kind of started to lose them. But yeah, it was just it, every. I mean, everything is. There's just so much joy. Everything Mm -hmm. is funny to them. Yeah. Everything is wonderful to them. Everything is magical to them. Um, And it's just, it's just silly. Yeah. And it's, and it's really important. Mm -hmm. It's really, really important. Yeah. I like, I like. uh, I mean, that's why I started doing theater. My dad took me to see shows when I was four and mm -hmm. I loved it. So. Yeah. I I like, well, I never performed quote unquote in front of kids, but I have a couple of nieces. And (laughs) then uh, you've performed in front of them. And well, re- reading, reading them books, you know, yeah, they like to yeah, read yeah. the same books mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Totally. And they're very entertained and very, it's like they're oh, in the story. I would argue the earliest form of, or the, the most simple form of theater is just reading aloud. Yeah. I mean, my mom, my mom read aloud to me and my brother all growing up, mm-hmm. which is part of probably why I'm so auditory. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, just words on a page. Well, we had, we had that as elementary schoolers, our teacher would read I went to Christian school, uh, Pilgrim's Progress. <gasps> yes, them. I loved Pilgrim's or, Progress. And there was like a version, Little Pilgrim's Progress. Yes, that was oh, a little I'm, bit I'm easier, acutely maybe. familiar. Yes, because yes. it was old English, right? Yes, was it John Bunyan or whatever? Yes, very, very dense. Yeah, so some of it was hard to understand, but uh, yeah. Is it John Bunyan? No, maybe you're right. I can't remember who wrote it. You I think right. it was John Bunyan because it was Adventures in Odyssey. Did you ever listen to Adventures in Odyssey? Of course, I listened to Adventures in Odyssey. You know, I also would, I would also memorize Adventures in Odyssey. Yeah, like a freaking nerd. Connie, Eugene. did you did you listen to Jonathan Park? Mr. Was that Wicker, ever a thing that you? Jonathan okay, Park. that's a little, a little too niche. You might have to Google that one. I don't Jonathan know. Park was a good one. Okay, let's see. Okay. I don't recognize the name, but it was a little. That's a little. Yeah, John Bunyan. You're right. You know, my uh, parents just met the few of the voices from Adventures in Odyssey. They were in Holland. Oh Apparently my god! Apparently, they make new episodes too i'm on an episode of adventures and odyssey you are yeah as, Flex. A, as an actress as like a, as like a an extra so it was after it was after 9-11 um and my family we went to colorado for vacation colorado and, springs yeah, yeah yeah and everything was close so it, it wasn't right after 9-11 but it was post 9-11 so a lot of the big attractions were closed mm-hmm. um and if memory serves i know a lot of like amusement parks were closed like anything that had high um rides like um roller coasters and things like that weren't open Mm -hmm. and to make up for like some of the reservations we'd made they said why don't you come and be a studio like so is your voice on the episode i I mean like i think i'm like laughing at one point um in like a town i don't even know if i've heard the whole thing but i know uh, my brother and i are both in it at some point um but yeah, mm-hmm. that's really cool. I have I have an uncredited, um, Uncre- <laughs> uncredited cameo in Adventures yeah. in Odyssey. I love Adventures in Odyssey. We got introduced to that. Chick Fil A was running a special, <laughs> and they were giving out uh, yes. tapes as a part of their yes, Happy Meal cassettes. Oh, I remember. Do you remember this? Oh, yes, I do. Yeah, You're not that much older than me. <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah. That was because uh, we we'd have to go on road trips from Wisconsin pack, to Michigan. Did you patch the pirate? What's that? Did you do Patch the Pirate? No, what's that? Okay, that's. I think that that's more of a Bob Jones thing. Uh, it's. Te- I hated Patch the Pirate. I loved Adventures in Odyssey. Patch oh, the was Patch the Pirate a different yes. series, an yes. audio series? Yes. Yeah, we were all Adventures in Odyssey. In fact, there were some animated videos yes. as well. Oh, yes, with Wits End. Wits uh. End. 
the imagination station. Yeah. I Dylan, was that the kid's name? I'm not sure. It was. Sam. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I remember Sam had a hard time playing baseball one time. and So good. He had lacked confidence. Oh, gosh. I, wow. This is not that a good <laughs> rabbit hole to go Memory unlocked. Down. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, that was that was really comforting for us. We would listen to it to go to bed. Yeah. Like, yeah. It was, um, yeah. Did you listen to the... Um, Chronicles of Narnia. Yes. Yeah, the, those are my favorite. There's old Chronicles of Narnia movies. Did you oh, those watch? are terrible. Yes, they're it, frightening with the puppets. I, I enjoyed them, but no. I didn't know any better. Like, this not, totally. we're not talking about the new Disney ones. We're yeah. talking about none of this Walden Media crap. We're talking about practical effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Horrifying. Man. Yeah. yeah. Wow, we were exposed to a lot of the same media growing up. We were sheltered from the same things. Yeah, that's <laughs> it's a better way to put it. That's why we're so dysfunctional. That's why we're so funny. Yeah, are we? I am. <laughs> you're self you're self assured. I love it. And I agree you are. I just uh yeah, I have this whole self But I still thing. I mean before I before, when I, whenever I'm writing something new, I'm like, is this is this funny? Is uh-huh. this funny? And then I just I just don't care because at the end of the day and I think this is, you know, because I because of the nature of my performing background. Mm-hmm. If I can be entertaining, like I will almost pick being entertaining over being funny. And I like I fully recognize because most of my material is anecdotal. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of space between laughs for me. But I never I, I don't feel like I ever lose a room. I feel yeah, like when I'm, yeah. I, I'm there. I, I know how to be engaging. Yeah. Um, and I know how to bring the right kind of energy on stage to people who are at least listening to me, whether or not they're laughing. That's a good point. And it's like, if I can master that, then I can work up to making my laughs a little bit closer together. That's a good point. That can help comics uh, feel more confident. Because there are so many good writers. There are so many good writers in Greenville. And I I just want to be like, no, like just fix that. Just work on that timing because it's so good. There are just, I've I've heard so many good jokes at open mics and the delivery is just not as strong as it could be. Well, yeah. Like if you had the delivery piece of it or the confidence or just the the tools of not losing a room, which, which could be learned in a public speaking class, honestly, uh, you could maybe feel more confident and like, okay, I don't have the jokes all worked out, but I have this subject. Yeah. I'm going to go talk about this subject with this confidence and not panic yeah. when you're not getting a laugh every, totally. you know, 15 seconds. When and you're it's okay. To. I mean, people and don't then laugh, you'll find it later, laugh, you know, yeah. and then you'll, you'll pick this parts people latch on to and expand on those and then dump the parts they don't. But it always, like I always feel like I'm getting more laughs. And then I go back and I watch my set over and I'm like, oh, I didn't, that, that, like, that felt different to me on stage. It felt better it, or worse it, than it, the I always feel better. I mean, it's, it always feels better than it does when you watch it on your iPhone, you yeah. know? Um, and, but again, I will feel like, oh, that show felt, I felt like my audience was more engaged in that show, but I wasn't getting the laughs that I thought I was getting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just like taking note of that, not necessarily being like, oh, well, I guess it actually sucked. You know, just, <laughs> just, just recognizing like, yeah, okay, so it, it yeah. My audience was engaged and they were watching, but mm-hmm. that's not. And, and also, like, if I'm not telling a joke, I don't want them to laugh. And because, again, a lot of my material does involve a lot of exposition. But you, it could be a little little gem there. You weren't expecting. totally, totally. Really? Yeah, when when people laugh and I'm not expecting it, that's when I'm like, "Was that? Did you you found that funny?" Oh. I get excited when that happens. Oh, absolutely. If they laugh on the setup, I'm like, "Oh, great!" Totally. They're gonna really laugh on this next part. And then I like I I feel like I I layer my set, and so I have jokes in there that are just for me. And if someone laughs at those jokes, I'm mm-hmm. like, "Ah, you're my people." <laughs> yeah. You caught on. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, if I know the person, I find that to happen. Yeah. Like well, I'll laugh at something 
that nobody else in the room laughs totally. at, which I feel bad about doing. Oh no, I to love disrupt it. Disrupt it, but like, no, I love it. Like sometimes Jeff Thompson, <laughs> I love that guy. Um, but you know, he's getting a lot better. Um, not that he never, like he's always been good, but, um, sometimes his attitude of just apathy, which again, sure. you know, like, it's like, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm just like, ah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't even think that I, I, I would argue that's not apathy. You know, I would, I would think I would argue that that's no, just, just a, experience a settling just into like his character. Yeah. Too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. But, um, anyway, where are we going with this? Look, I'm just along for the ride, man. Yeah. It started um, so you, with poetry, and I've Googled a couple things. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you've seen The Marvelous Miss Maisel. You compared to her all the time. <laughs> it's like... Whenever someone asks Miss, me are that... Are you Miss Maisel? Whenever someone asks me that, I'm like, does it look like I haven't seen that show? <laughs> yeah, is that sexism? <laughs> no, not... Because I don't when know. when I it's, say stand-up, everybody's like, oh my God, have you seen... No, I don't think that's sexism at all. I just think... Cars getting coffee? I get... <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I want to be like, I wear primary colored suits on stage obviously i've seen yeah <laughs> the marvelous mrs Maisel. yeah um i have friends who are in that actually mm, really? extras yeah okay mm -hmm. so um what is like a dream acting role for you like what i hate this question if, what, you do yeah why are you why are you asking me this question because <laughs> you're an actress what <laughs> yeah i would want something written for me written for you I would want not to something you wrote yourself something or the hell I'll do a one woman show. That's the next that that's one of that's on my to-do list actually. I would love to get an hour of stand up um and then I'll be, take that into some kind of one woman show. Cuz I think that my art form is really more geared toward that and kind of marrying the theater to comedy. Stand up, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it would have both aspects. Have... I would call it ranting. Ranting? <laughs> okay. Yes. Um Broadway on a box. Yeah. <laughs> Would you, uh, do you play an instrument? Um, yeah, kind of. You play the piano, right? Yeah, I have, I've played piano for a long time. Um, I remember pocket change and I played cello for a little bit. What's pocket change? How does that one go? Very little. No, no, no. I like, I, I mean, what I remember of my, oh, piano I thought that was a song. Is, <laughs> I thought that no. was like one of the songs. It, it could be. I, I, like, uh, I, chopsticks? oh, I don't, with the, where you with, <laughs> with your knuckles. No, I have a couple pieces on piano that I can play just so I can keep piano on my resume. Sure, but if you had to pick up like sheet music, it would take could, me a minute. It would take you, yeah. It would take me a minute, yeah. Okay. Should have never quit. Listen to your parents. Yeah. That and dancing. Never should have quit. Have you ever composed? No. Any songs? I've no. I've I've been. <laughs> I was part of a, a like in a, a little original one act musical, and I helped with some of the lyrics, but I didn't. Again, I'm more of a words person. Um when it comes to writing, but no, I've never composed. Okay. I was going to say, if you could, you know, dust off the piano skills, like that could be like a cool. Like Bo Burnham. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You like Bo, huh? I love Bo Burnham. God. Yeah. And I play the ukulele. That's the thing that I'm okay. the best at because it's easy. Um, I don't even know what a ukulele looks like exactly. It's like a mini guitar. A mini guitar. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't Eugene Very play the Hawaiian. ukulele? From Adventures in Odyssey, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think he does. That's bringing back some memories. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. So you could, uh, yeah, you could intermingle that with your routine. Yeah, I've thought about it uh -huh. since I do sing in my set. Yeah. Sometimes. So, um, Bo Burnham, what did you, you what did you think of his latest special? Oh, I thought I it was. I kind of want to talk about this with somebody. So. Yeah. 
I thought it was brilliant. Um, Inside is the name of it. Yeah. And he's got such a... Um, he's a great director. And so I just... I appreciated the like, craftsmanship behind it and just the intentionality and the moments of where it felt like he was together and then the moments where it, ob- it was obvious he wasn't. And the fact that you can't... Like there were moments where I felt like, is this is it put on and then there were moments where it just felt super super honest and Mm -hmm. i thought it was great i really enjoyed it yeah i think the songs are so good the songs are good too i still listen to them oh me too Um, me too i think he's great yeah i uh how much help do you think he had with that because this special is shot it looks like entirely in a room in his house i I mean and and the feel experience i had watching it was like i feel like he legitimately was alone this entire yeah no i I think it was entirely it was all him yeah truly because they were under you know a much more severe lockdown than we were sure in the good old greenville yeah but uh but I, I I just think his I think his writing is really smart and nothing like I I really really appreciate intelligent humor because I think that when you can nail intelligent humor then you can really nail low bar stuff I, you know yeah um you can kind of have both yeah um, I I thought the inside special was like a microcosm of like insanity yeah like a little which happens. Well, it's so I, I, much more like a performing art piece than a piece of stand-up. Yeah, well, because you know? he has music. It's like songs basically throughout. But, it's like a monologue. But he like he has a monologue with himself mm-hmm. with, without anybody providing feedback yeah. on it. Like there's one where he does a reaction yeah. video mm-hmm. to a reaction video. And then it like it's seamless. And he's reacting to himself, reacting to himself, reacting it's to himself, so, reacting. It's so and self-aware. It's, and the other thing about um, Bo Burnham, and I really any any wildly successful comedian, um, his specificity is so good. Like he's just so hyper specific. What do you mean? He's so intentional. You know, even even like with that bit in the in the special when he's <laughs> like um, Inception reacting to all of these videos. Yeah, the things he's commenting on are so specific, and it's such an obvious. Um, he's making fun of reaction videos and these YouTubers that are going yeah. back and reacting to their videos. And, and then so he makes fun of himself. Like, yes. This is a little grandiose me commenting uh, and just me acknowledge. And then now I think by acknowledging it, it makes me right. from the criticism. Right. <laughs> and that's just <laughs> like, like, I have inner monologue moments like dude, that all the time. Too. And I'm like, what is, me too. what is happening? And that's why I felt like it was so potent if you do think like that right. because it was like, okay, he's literally going down a rabbit hole. Well, and we all think like that, don't we? I mean, again, that's why, that's, that's why I love performing in general because it's just a moment of like i think i'm insane but yeah. the rest of the room is agreeing with me so maybe i'm not as insane as i think i am well no that's exactly why the special was cool so and good. and why that's part of why i like to do stand-up is you get feedback in real time from from yeah. other people yeah. if you're crazy or not so that's why bo burnham inside special he didn't get the feed he didn't have any feedback yeah. that's why it was so dark it was like it he, also he didn't know if he was truly crazy or not right and it also shows you how important an audience is yeah I mean, like the audience is critical. There's there are a lot of people who are involved in um, performing arts who think that the audience is unnecessary, and I think that really? that's so wildly incorrect. Yeah, yeah, I don't agree with that. Yeah, because yeah. that's what that's when it happens. I it's, mean, mm-hmm. there's you're, you're you can you can be in a show and run the rehearsal perfectly, and it's not going to be nearly as good as when you have a live audience, even if you you know mess something up. Yeah, it's just so much better. Yeah, that's a that's a psychological point. 
I've made it, but I think I've said this before on the thing, but uh, I think Jordan Peterson said it because I love him. But we outsource sanity to the community. Mm. The only way you know what sane is is because there's other people That's telling good. you, not literally maybe, but verti- like nonverbal yeah, yeah, cues, there, body yeah. language. There's a response. You need it. If you don't have it, you go crazy. Yeah. We're not um, supposed to be alone. Yeah. That's another point for marriage. We're not supposed to be alone. Marriage is... Back to our relationship podcast, ladies and yeah. gentlemen. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's a point in the favor of marriage, too. It's like, you know, if you stay single forever, that's a recipe for one form of insanity. Two brains are better than one. Although, I guess a bad divorce could make you go insane, too. You were thinking about that. You don't agree with that? I don't agree with that. I I mean, like, I'm not anti, like, the establishment of marriage by any stretch. But I also, I mean, I think that partnership is really important. But I think that relationship is more important. And you can you can find, like, and again, I'm I'm a relationship girl. I'm much happier when I'm, like, when I have a partner and I have that. But, and I'm not, I don't think that that sounds desperate to say in the slightest. But I also don't want to always, I don't think it's fair to put all of like friendship and romance all in, all in one person. I think that that's really, really dangerous and that you just set mm. yourself up for disappointment. Um, well, you could have other friends outside of them. Yeah. That's why I'm saying I don't think that that's necessarily a, a, a pro for marriage. I think it's a pro for relationship. I think it's a pro oh. for intentionality and, and friendship and, sure. and connection beyond sure. just responding to an Instagram story. Yeah. You know? Wait, what does that mean? Just in just in general. I mean, I I feel like oh, I have... Oh, like a real relationship versus a social media one yeah. you're saying? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. gotcha. And that's coming from someone that sucks at making friends. <laughs> so if, if you want to be a friend, Christina's open for... Friends. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was one of my favorite bits that um, Nate Bergazzi's opener had where he was talking about... Um, like, you know, you can't make friends after 30 because when you're a kid, you just say, hey, you want to come over and play? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I would, I, what, do, what do I, what do I, what do I, you want to go get a drink? I mean, that's only fun. And then you just talk. There's, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm so awkward you talking about this. You want to talk. Yeah. Yeah, it is hard to make friends over 30. So hard to make friends. It's just you do stand-up comedy. I've made more friends it's than true. stand-up. No, it's true. I've, I've met some really wonderful people doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. That's some crazy people When too. I show up and I don't skip. <laughs> which i do a lot yeah that's all right um so how was nate bargazzi this is one of the things you and i fundamentally disagree on oh yes because i don't understand i don't i just don't like yeah that's totally fine no that's that's fair first question have you watched all of his specials no okay um i've watched some old uh youtube clips that are okay where he looks pudgy remember he looks pudgy yeah because he, t- if you had, if you had watched his get- uh, more recent specials, you would know he lost weight. In the he has. Night. I'm gaining weight too. It's not good. <laughs> it's okay. I made a clip. This is like talking about the. I made a clip of fat people about America being too fat, and uh, Chris Diorio was the yeah yeah yeah, and uh, he was like, and we talked about that, and I kind of gave him crap, <laughs> and then a bunch of people. A couple people commented on the video, like, you're putting on some weight, too. And I was I don't like, believe in fat shaming. It's not fat shaming, but it it's going to make <laughs> me appropriately, I don't know. I don't know if I still have it in me to do fasting, but. It's not healthy. I can't get fat. Okay, anyway, Nate Bargatze. Yes. So um, you liked him. At the I piece do. Line. I think he's so, what I like about Nate Bargatze is that he doesn't, I don't feel like he follows 
the structure that most people, most comedians follow. Like it's not a super easy, it, it, it is his, um, set up joke set up joke is not as easy to chart and as easy to follow as um other comedians were you laughing oh my god and i and i was i was timing like i, I would sit there and i would like do like my little second snaps he was getting a laugh like every six seconds i mean it was i i cried i was laughing so hard at one point and i and i think what is so great about him is like when i do my stand-up I don't, I don't write it out. I record myself saying it and then I'll make notes of my transitions and the transitions are like what my entire set hinges on because that's the only way that I can remember. Like I, I will forget it. I will lose my place unless I can hit my transitions. Okay. Um, <clears throat> and what I think is so interesting about him is he has such harsh transitions and there, it doesn't feel like there's any rhyme or reason about how he gets from one thing to the next. Um, I think his delivery is so bizarre and it, I'm, I, and again, I'm, I'm sure there's, Tons of thought that goes into it, but speaking back to specificity, I like to be intentional with, with the words that I say when I'm on stage and he's so, he, he feels so loose with his language and it still works. And I just think it's really, really smart. And my, that, and that's, that's my favorite thing about him is we get so in our heads with what's the right thing and is this funny and, and am I writing the joke correctly? And is this actually a joke? And what's my rhythm? And you know, you think about Mark Normand and like the drum video with where it's like, it's so percussive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Nate Bergazzi just takes all of that and is like, I'm just going to talk about it my seems, stuff. It seems like he's just BSing and just talking. I just, I it. think it's so good. I just think it's so good. And it's so it's like killing you with, and even when it's not like a relatable situation, it's still funny. Like I, I mm. just think he's really, really good. I think he's really good. See, I don't get it. So that's why. That's, and that's totally fine. I'm just sitting there like no, that's totally fine. Looking around. Like it's also, I also like, and I, I understand there's a time and a place for dark humor. And I love Anthony Jeselnik and I love dark I comics. I don't love Jeselnik. See, I, I think he's really great and I think he's brilliant and I love his stage persona. I mean, he's pretty funny, but I. Nate yeah. Bergazzi is just joyful, you know? Yeah, and and that's at the good. end of the like day, joy. like, we, like, I'm, again, most of my material is very, you know, down on myself and is a little bit dark. But I, I just like if we're trying to make people people laugh, we're trying to bring joy back into whatever corner of the planet that we're inhabiting. I just think that he does that really well, mm -hmm. um, and keeping it not even clean. Just what like, does he talk about? What was his hour about? Was it a lot about his? He's got family. He talked right? about his family. Um, he talks a lot about not being. About, he talked a lot about his his parents and how he was raised, mm -hmm. um, and a little bit about the pandemic. He talked about his dog. Um, he talked about. So just everyday stuff. Um, yeah, like it. It mm. was just, it was just so good. He had, I mean, he had a bit on training dogs and and on his wife and, but it, it never feels like I'm the just the dumb husband and my wife is super smart, even though that's what he's saying um, in the bit. It, I just think it's it doesn't feel super stereotypical. It just feels okay. really different. So he has um, that self-deprecation built in, though. Yeah, but it's, but it's like so charming. I don't not I don't dislike self-deprivation. Is it deprivation? Deprivation. Being I down thought on that yourself. was incorrect. Uh, Maybe no, that's fine. No, please correct me. I don't mind being corrected at all. I right, get the dictionary to, out again. To you, yeah. No, it's not deprivation. That's being deprived. I've been saying the wrong thing the whole time. Deprecation. Self-deprecation. Self-deprecating. Well, I guess you're depriving yourself of the art. Well, no, no, I got not, it wrong. No, not, I no. got it wrong. It's actually I straight up wrong because you're still the topic. No, it's it's self-deprecation. Self-deprivation would be you never talk about yourself ever. Yeah. Self-deprivation would be you talk about other things. You don't even use first-person pronouns. Nope. I said the wrong <laughs> word. 
<laughs> and there's part of the perfectionist. Really the perfectionist in me wants to totally set. re-record this entire um, podcast. Reco- re-record it? I've messed up, but no, I see. it's good. See, I'm not that smart. I do mispronounce words, and I do use them incorrectly, and we've proved it. Mm, no, it's okay. Um, no, it's fine. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. You, I'm not, not going to lose sleep over it. Okay. That's good. But no, I, I, I don't dislike self-deprecation mm-hmm. um, when it's in a set. What I don't like is false modesty. That's probably a better way to say it. Okay. Speaking just as a, no, it wasn't that good. It's like, no, if you did a good job, you did a good job. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't think you did, if I do, like take the compliment. <laughs> just say, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah. People can't take compliments. Right. Hmm. Interesting. Have you ever met a really bad actor? Yes. Really bad, but there was no way of telling them they were. Mm-hmm. Yes. How do you handle that? You just hope you don't get cast with them. Really? You know? I mean, there was a, a guy in my program in college, and none of us know how. We To this day, we don't know how he graduated. And a group of us actually wanted to sit down and talk to the faculty about that. Um, but you know, we had our diplomas and it was like, what's, what's, I think he works at a gas station. Is that now, a challenging thing about theater? Cause there may be some room for interpretation, uh, as to how, Oh, there's room for interpretation, but there's also an obvious, like you're not doing the work. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah. How no, does I've, that mean? How does that, what is the work that needs to be done as a theater actor? Memorize your lines. Memorize your lines. Okay. Don't, I mean, don't phone it in. Yeah. Just it's, I don't know who said this, but I had a professor in college who would frequently, um, again, I have no idea where the quote's from, but he would say acting is the easiest hard, is is the hardest easy thing. Because it's what, like, it's not hard, but it's so difficult. Super easy, but it's very difficult. What does that mean? Just because all you're doing is saying the word, you know, it's, it's theater rests on language. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have all of these books and all of these concepts. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just connecting with another human being. And it's just right. saying someone else's words and making them sound like your own, mm-hmm. which doesn't sound difficult. It's just, but it's very, very hard. Mm-hmm. Like if I were to give you my, a transcript of my set and say, here, go memorize this and do it. Yeah. Even if you did a great job, like it would be hard for it to sound like it's coming from you. Is there a difference between theater acting and um, on-screen acting? No, that's a crock of like- shit. No. There's not. Okay, good. I'm glad there's not a difference because that would you, that would really trip me out if there was a difference. I mean, you like it's obviously if you're performing in front of a camera, it's going to feel different than if you're performing in front of a giant room. But fundamentally, full of people. the exchange but of energy yeah, and like the it, moment between it's all. And um, David Zaslav talked about this when he was here. Um, <laughs> it, it it really does all come back to the breath and breathing. Okay. I mean, that's that's. That's how we exist as human beings. That's how we connect with one another. That's the heartbeat of all of it. Um, and as long as you're, and, and that's the first thing to go when you get nervous, you know, your, your breathing gets shallow and you get butterflies and like my chest will get really, really tight. Um, and I tremble horribly. I shake before I go on stage yeah. like you wouldn't believe. Yeah. Um, and my breathing gets very, very short. But if, as long as you're, you know, present and in the moment and yeah. breathing, mm-hmm. it's, it's, not that different it really isn't it's so funny to me because like i don't know how to act but i can spot bad acting (laughs) really easily you know what i mean yeah like you could see like you could see like on a local commercial Mm -hmm. or like a soap opera maybe or i don't know but you could just when you can also then then you can get in the weeds with like what is bad what is bad acting? Well, I, you know, I just is know there, it's is not. There, is there good art? Is there bad art? It's, it, it doesn't. What makes it so? I know it's fake. 
immediately. You know what I mean? Sure. That's how I would say bad. I, I inauthentic. Hmm. I could pick up. I'm like, nope. He was trying to. He was motivated by something else. Yeah. Not, Interesting. Not what, not what he was. I mean, you know, you. Oh, no, I feel I'm like not, most I'm not, people would be able to. No, do no, that. I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with you. I just think it's interesting when when people who don't come from like a theatrical background. I'm always interested in what their perception of what a good play would be like. What what would bring you to a theater? What would make you go see a play? Mm, I don't know. Um, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a student of theater. I guess if I had heard of the play before, um, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Have you heard of that movie? <laughs> yeah. You've seen the movie? I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. It's a sales movie. Yeah. And it, it watches like a play to me. Okay. Um, you know, even Tarantino, Reservoir Dogs. If you don't like it. I'm not a Tarantino fan. You're not? No. It's kind of cliche to say you like Tarantino now, but um, Reservoir Dogs... Uh, I guess how I feel like I kind of know something might be good is based on the set and how extravagant it is around it. If it's not that extravagant, but I'm still engaged, I'm like, that's probably pretty good mm-hmm. in terms of what it could yeah. be as a play. Reservoir Dogs is like that. It's basically in a warehouse, the whole movie. I think it's so... Because in- you are the second person I've talked to about who who doesn't frequent the theater. Um, and you're the second person that said that a, a set is important. And I think that's interesting from someone who does stand up where we have nothing to help but ourselves. And I think that there's, there's almost a laziness to me in saying I'm, I part of why I would go to a theater is because I want to see more structure as opposed to, I want to see more people when mm. comedy itself is based on people and not structure. Wait, I got confused there for a second. <laughs> I mean, um, if it doesn't, if, if I'm still, but in, you, you equate a quality production with a quality set. Not necessarily. I could, Yeah. but it could be bare bones and still be good as well. Oh, t- no, totally. Totally. Um, I just think it's interesting that that was one of the first I do, places I, you went. I do like a beautiful set. Um, I, uh, that was, that's actually one of my favorite parts about Broadway shows is, uh, when you, <laughs> no, keep talking, keep talking, straight. keep talking. I'm no, so I love Broadway. No, I, I do. I do. I don't care. I'll admit to looking Broadway. I love it. Um, they are so elaborate, and uh, the what they put into those productions is mind blowing. It's like a half the time when I see the set, I'm trying to figure. Like I'm almost distracted when it goes to the next scene. I'm like, how do they? Totally. How do they get that farmhouse out there in five seconds? Money, lots and lots and lots of money. And it, it's just very, yeah. yeah. I'm impressed by that. Commercial theater. Uh huh. Um, what were we talking about? I forgot how we got on this topic. <laughs> Me too. We've gotten a little in the weeds. Yeah. Um, but yeah, bad acting, being able to identify it. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I noticed that when I tried to shoot myself for a couple of things, which <laughs> cringy, but I tried for a couple of the pandemic videos. Like that was the first thing I had ever tried mm-hmm. to do. Is and. I didn't have any actors, so like it was just crap I did at home. Totally. Acting out jokes. Totally. And there were so many takes I did where I was like, oh, that's horrible. So what I eventually had was the least cringy version. Yeah. But I could tell when I was faking it versus when I was maybe more... Totally. Relaxed even. Yeah. Yeah. And part of what helps that is short, quick takes that are just not long enough to be able to... Well, and there's like, again, with with film, you do have the editing that helps you out a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I... I, And I, I don't have a ton of experience with with film acting yeah um so i'm sure there will, be, there will be people who will disagree about me saying it's not that different than stage um 
but the editing always helps. Like I've, I've had takes from like, I didn't feel great about that. And then once it's edited and in the whole of the, the piece, it's, mm-hmm. you know, I feel really good about it. Would you ever self produce any of your own things? Like write something at the a film or sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I would, I would, I would produce the, I would produce a one woman show if I could get it written. Really? When I get it written, I'm going to do it. Okay. And you could produce it Before as a stand up special, basically. I love, I, mean, I love the Mark Norman out to lunch. I would love to get yeah. an hour long set um, filmed and just yeah. put online. A I lot of comics totally are starting to do that. Yeah. They're, uh, Shane Gillis just published uh-huh. one. You know him? Yeah. Yeah. His was really, I really enjoyed his. And Joe Liss has done an hour. Sam Marill. They're all just saying, screw it. Yeah. If, if we can't well, get that, selected by when a we, Netflix. We've democratized media, you know, and, and we have TikTok and we have Instagram and we have all of these ways of making, like Vine back in the day, we have all of these ways of making mm-hmm. our own content. And the biggest thing that gets in our way is ourselves. You know, like I, I won't make a TikTok cause I'm too, I'm too proud. Like I don't think, I don't think it's, I don't, I don't think it's going to be good and I should just get over it and start you should just doing start some making of my, stupid TikToks. yeah, doing some of my bits on TikTok and mm-hmm. just see what happens. Works yeah. for Shelly, you know? Yeah. And she's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's one of the big things yeah. that a lot of us struggle with is the self, well, I say self doubt, I, but, uh, you just gotta get out of your own way. That, I, I used to be a lot better at that. Um, just going for stuff. Well, I, I used to be a lot less afraid of embarrassment and I'm, I don't think I'm necessarily afraid of being embarrassed now, but I'm afraid of people thinking I'm stupid, um, which is not even in a, not even not dumb, but just like even the fact that I've been saying self deprivation when I meant self deprecation, the whole, the whole thing I am because I don't want to be seen as stupid. Yeah. Like I, I, like that people think I'm intellectual. I like that people think that I'm smart. Um, mm. And so I'm, a, I'm afraid of people thinking I'm stupid. That is, that is probably the biggest thing that holds me she back. Let go of that. I know. I know. I'm in therapy to help with that too. Are but, you? Yeah. <laughs> Therapy's so stupid. Is it stupid? It's stupid. Would your therapist watch this? She won't. She, <laughs> she, probably break she just some, clocks in and clocks Probably out. break some kind of like she's thing. She's not interested in no, I do. I love, I love my therapist. It's just why is therapy stupid? Because at the end of the day, David, you're the one that has to make the change. Yeah, but what if you don't even know what change to make? You might listen. The therapist is not the one to tell you what the change needs to be. Really? Then what? Are the... They're just there to listen. Yeah, essentially. Oh. And like you know, mine tells me <laughs> I should eat more. <laughs> really? So. Yeah. Mm. But yeah. Yeah. No, we we know what's wrong with the, with ourselves. We're just scared to do anything about it. That's true. Yeah. Um. So you don't have a TikTok. I don't make them, but I have them so I can you send have them, them to so other people. Yeah. Okay. I've thought about making a TikTok of my apartment because I'm very proud of you it. Should start make, you should start putting less scrutiny on the, the output and just make a bunch. I, I need to. I think part of what also holds me back is I the, some of the stuff I want to talk about, a lot of it has to do with work um, and the people I work with. And, and I would just be afraid the wrong people would see it and it would be taken the wrong way. Yeah. Which I should get over. But the ladies you work with at the yes, shout out at, at my boutique. Boutique. Yes. Um yeah, so you have a passion for fashion as well as I don't know if passion is the word I would use. I like clothes. You like clothes. I've always liked clothes and I'm mm-hmm. I'm really good at selling them. 
You're really good um, at selling them. Yeah. But I don't I don't love it at all. Yeah. But you know. It's your job for the time being. It's it's you're... um I'm I am providing for my art right now. My art is not providing for me. That's okay. That's common. <laughs> no, that's right? fine. You're exactly. Early, exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly. But they're all very supportive. They all want to come see me. Uh-huh. Which is nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, I agree. I'm like, it's a different person than the one that you get for eight hours a day. Yeah. Ladies. Yeah. Huh. But yeah. Okay. That's what I do. Yeah, that's uh so do you have any plans in the immediate future to like up and move to New York City? No. Or go <laughs> pursue theater? Did you ever? Did you ever have any like in- Oh of course. Um I was in New York a little bit, very briefly, um for some conservatory training and I I think about this more than I I should because I don't I don't like the idea of regret, but there are definitely things in my life that I will always wonder you know, what would have happened if one thing had gone differently. Um, oh, is this the regret? It, I mean, it, 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 <laughs> would this be the answer to that question? Prob- no, something you regret? no. Um, I, I wish I had stayed. I wish I had not. In New York? If, yeah. I think there, there are moments where I, where I think if I could do it all over again, I would have stayed in New York and I wouldn't have come home and finished my degree. Okay. Um, and I remember walking down 23rd on the phone with my brother after we'd had like an industry panel discussion with all of these people from equity and all of these people from wait, pause. So you went to New York in the middle of your undergrad. I went the summer before my senior year. Okay. So um, there was an option to stay and not finish your degree. Well, so my, my brother was coming up to see me for the la- I was there for like two months and my brother was coming up to see me, um, for the last week. Cause I was in like an off, off Broadway thing. Um, and I called him and I was like, Nick, when you like, if you were to come up and you were to stay, I would stay. And I was like, I just had, I just met with all of these professionals in the industry. I know we could do this. I know you and I have what it takes. And I, and I, I really believe that we could make this work. Wait, Nick, your brother? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he was going to act too? He, he does film. So, film. so directing, um, like camera work. Okay. Um, God, we could have been so great. It's fine. <laughs> um, you do a and I do. I, I think of, I think about it all the time. And he said there was one professor he um, had at the time, and he was like, "I, I don't want to. I don't want to leave my professor high and dry." Hindsight being what it is, the the professor was the worst. Um, but yeah, so I, I came home, and I can't I can't sit here and think, "Oh, I wish I'd stayed." What would have happened? Because then twenty twenty happened. I, I had a friend who booked a Broadway show, and and then the pandemic hit and he moved back home and lived with his parents in Greenville for a couple months, you yeah. know, and he's now back in New York, but he's not acting. Yeah. Um, whereas I stayed here and did a couple tours and I started doing stand up, and I don't think that would have happened if I'd been in New York, but I'm, I'm always going to wonder, you know, mm-hmm. universe 54, Christina made that decision. <laughs> this one just didn't. I don't think you'd ever get not finishing getting your degree. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, again, I, I go back and forth on that one too. Cause I think, Oh, I wish I'd gone to a different school or I wish I had just stayed in New York. But again, the bulk of my set comes from where I got my undergrad and the, Uh the, (laughs) a huge piece of what makes me interesting is being who I am, having gotten my degree from, from Bob Jones. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't, I don't think, I think I can confidently say now I wouldn't change it, but I will always wonder what would have happened. Um, but that's not my biggest, I think my biggest regret in life would just be not telling people I cared about them when I should have told them. Oh. Like just, whether that be family members, whether that be friends, like relationships, you know, any anything like that. Just, just we should tell people 
what they mean to us when we know what they mean to us and not yeah. hold on to it for fear of rejection or fear of being stupid or whatever. Yeah. So or feel a fear of lovey dovey. Yeah. Kind of comments amongst. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and even, even just like among my friends, like I'm not good at voicing what my friends mean to me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'll send them a meme, but uh-huh. I'm not a very words forward person. So I, I do struggle with. Yeah. Telling people that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I kind of do too. I don't know. Uh, it's uncomfortable. Sometimes, yeah. We, I mean, we do have moments. Uh, like my my college football buddies. We, uh, I remember when we left campus for the last time. Oof. We were like, "I love you, man." Oh, yeah. Man. We were like, <laughs> "Yeah, <laughs> we yeah." But, Don't discount that. Don't discredit that. Uh huh. Yeah, it is kind of cool though when you have those meaningful relationships and friendships and. Uh, um, it builds like with the time and experience you spend with these people. Like I feel that way about my brother. Like we don't say mushy. I love you. Oh no, like, neither, Nick and I don't either. No, Nick like, and I, we don't either. <laughs> just by how we are, we, we communicate in the various like tones of oof. Uh huh. <laughs> that's kind of how it works. But it is nice to kind of have moments where you actually say it. Oh yeah. yeah. No, I don't. Nick and I don't hug. Um, we didn't start hugging until he like left <laughs> for the army, and I was like, well. Were you hugged as kids? Was it very, was it very I, affectionate um, upbringing? So my mom is super touchy and my dad is not really okay. at all. And growing up, I was not at all. And my yeah. brother, it, my, my brother's much more um, like physically affectionate yeah. um, than I was. And I think that I've, I've softened as I've gotten older, but I'm. So you weren't that way either? No, touchy? no. Oh. Yeah. Um, and my mom like tried to come give me a hug and I'm like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you, why are you, why are you up on me? Why are you like this? Um, I'm so touchy. It's, I'm I've, so I've gotten, I've gotten touchier as I've gotten older. Um, yeah. but with, like we, I just, I don't come from a, <laughs> yeah. a hugger fam, family. Yeah. And it's, it's funny. I'll be in like groups of people and someone will come into the group and like give everybody a hug and they get to me. And I just don't give off hug me energy uh-huh. <laughs> and they just won't. Like, and I'm uh, like, eh? I mean, this is fine. This is fine. Yeah. So the, the pandemic was good for me. The social distancing worked out well for really? me. Really? Yeah. No that was like a welcome me. change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Bump elbows. I think I freak out the other guy comics sometimes too. Cause I was always like, <laughs> I love being hugged. What's up, bro? Like, no, I love being hugged. Like, I just, hey, I just, man. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna initiate it. No. Um, and I just don't give off that That's all right. vibe. I'm like a porcupine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm mm. a little prickly. Yeah. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Um, my mom always says, if she listens to this, I guarantee you she's going to get like choked up at this moment. <clears throat> my mom always says, just do the next right thing. Um, and that's, I think about that. Um, and I have that like written down in my planner because <laughs> I have a real planner mm-hmm. um, and on like sticky notes and stuff in my apartment. I, th- I think about that a lot. And it, and it goes back to what I was saying at the beginning with the, the Rilke quote, just like no feeling is final. And I overthink things and I. No give... mistakes final either. Is that is that part of what that quote means? I think it, I think if you could. did a wrong thing, just do the next thing. Right? Yeah. And, I, and, and that's and I I well, God, I mean, we all make lots of mistakes. Um but I think for me, just do the next right thing is even even if it turns out to be the wrong thing, like if the intent is to do the right thing, if the intent is not to hurt somebody, if the intent is to, to protect someone or like you, you can't you can't control the outcome. All you can control is the action. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have to keep doing 
whatever the next thing is and do the next, whatever that next thing is, just do that right. And then yeah. you do the thing after that. And yeah, I don't know that that's been, that's been a very good piece of advice um, for me. Yeah. That's really helpful. Yeah. That's a kind I'm of, I'm sure a, my mom has given me more advice than that, but no, I just no, don't always that's, take that's, it. That's a big one. Cause uh, that's kind of one of the big things I learned as an adult. I'm still kind of a child. I was but. like, you're an adult. <laughs> Comedy. Well, it's it's that um, I think before I was so achievement minded that I thought there was going to be there was going to arrive a day in my life when everything would be settled and finished and totally. I would have met every uh, expectation that people had had for me and I would just arrive. Yeah. There's no arriving. There no. is no arriving. There's no such thing as arriving to a state of happiness. The 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 uh, you are just in a continual doing the next thing. And that's where the will to even continue comes from is, yeah, is doing it. Yeah. And same, it's with stand up, but same with work. No, I totally agree. Don't expect, which helped me with an expectation. Cause that was when I was my most unhappy was when I achieved something big, short payoff. But then I was like, wait, yeah. Shouldn't I be done now? Well, and that's another thing with that I, I think that theater has has taught me is I get so worked up over whatever the next role is or whatever the next production is, but that's going to end. You know, mm-hmm. it's like theater is so ephemeral. And like I'm I, I'm in a show now or I, I, I will start rehearsals for a show now and I already know it's going to be done on December 19th. Mm-hmm. So as excited as I am for it, <clears throat> excuse me, I know it's going to be done on the 19th and that yeah. as soon as it's over, I'm going to have to start looking for the next thing yeah. and... So it's it's a it's a balance of being totally present and doing what that work is going to be while also knowing I'm going to I have to keep doing I have to keep working for it and I'm mm-hmm. going to have to I'm going to have to audition again and I'm finding gonna... the joy in the audition the work all the <laughs> yeah. stuff yeah I hate auditioning yeah yeah that's a helpful thing to know though to like I mean our brains don't even work like that to be satiated and happy forever in any given state There's a great book um called the power of meaning by emily uh, she's she's indian power of meaning yeah and and um i can't i I will botch her her middle name but it's emily esfatanzi smith or something um and she opens the book with talking about how happiness is just a chemical reaction in the body and you could hook up a body to a machine and it would know how to it, it would know what levels of hormone you know, mm-hmm. to, to make a, a person feel happy. And so we shouldn't, the whole gist of the book is we don't need to live our lives wanting to be happy. We should live our lives meaningfully. Sure. Um, and, and, you know, in relationship and in community and in, in, and in doing things that we love because the things that we love don't always make us happy. I mean, God, how many times has comedy made you absolutely miserable? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah that's, you know? that's, that's uh, a great, Point. But it has so much meaning. It means so much to me. Right. Stand-up comedy isn't like other... It's pleasurable in some ways, but it's totally. not, it's not like shallow, meaningless pleasure. It's not like... It's not going to strip club. It's not doing blow. It's not, you know... I can relate to neither of those It's not eating a bunch of cotton candy <laughs> for... It's... It's... Uh, there's depth to yeah. it. There's aspects of it I hate. I hate the anxiety I feel about the nagging, like, okay, you got to get ready. Yeah. You got to write something. You got to rehearse. That's, that's so funny. I hate the, I've done this set before and I don't want to do it again. Well, that's there's that. I get. Yeah. 
just that's but it's, when I stopped there's going. just a part of it that's kind of like working out like I don't want to get ready yeah. I don't want to go to the gym I don't want to but but you feel better having done it that's why I stand up yeah it's not it's not just shallow me like pleasure yeah um but yeah I think that meaning is more important than happiness mm-hmm. not that, that not that happiness isn't important you know yeah but it's it's if that's not your ultimate goal then you don't expect too much from it which helps no feeling is final even yeah. happiness yeah but meaning is a little more hearty a little mm-hmm. more long lasting yeah which is kind of uh you Christian what do you think heaven's like <laughs> what do you think, ooh hard what do you, left turn what do you think heaven's like um I don't I I I think that if people of um, faith-based belief systems would stop focusing so much on the fucking afterlife and focus more on the present one we would all be a lot Ooh, better off left um, I agree with this I agree yeah, with this You're so I don't think about we should spend less time worried about the afterlife yes, and more time worried about here I yes. agree 150% so I don't I, I have to I I if I were, if you were to ask me what I believed, I would say I'm cynical. Um, sure. And I was raised Christian, and so that's well, that's where a lot of my trauma comes from. But that's also where, where a lot of comfort is because it's familiar, right? I'm sure you can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but my precious father is a bit of a conspiracy theorist and often talks about the end times. And so even as a kid. Um, we were just constantly talking about the end times and I was just terrified of the rapture. I have, I have like journal entries when I was in eighth grade talking about how, how I believe that me and my friends are the last generation, like really just dark stuff that 14 well, year old culture at the time didn't exactly yes. help with that. It no, it didn't. No, and it makes me so angry that, a, that a, a, a belief system that says that, that it's based on joy and happiness and love and this amazing savior, right. And this eternal life that we have this, this fear motivated. Fear. Yes, yeah. I, I do. I, I, I am so, I am still so angry about that so i just don't think about heaven or hell um because i don't think it behooves me or anybody else quite frankly like it's just taken up space in my brain what what if because if it's if to argue if it's not something that's based on works why 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 should that be a motivating factor that's actually a big doubt factor i have with christianity is the no works mentality which i understood it I didn't really ever question it until I realized, well, there's a lot of work you can do on yourself. Yeah. To make yourself and better. And I, I also just... You could become... You could, well, I mean, I think... There's there, like a really high upward limit to how good you could be as a human. Totally. Of your own well, that, like, effort. Yes. And and that's why... That I, mean, I have I, a hard time... And regardless of what, you know, if, if people believe Jesus is, is God or not, like I don't, I don't know what your following is like... Um, regardless of that right and i do think that that is an important conversation to have and an important piece of of the faith that we were raised with but ultimately like this is a man that that just did the next right thing Mm. you know and i and like in my deepest moments of questioning and cynicism and like you know flirting with (laughs) agnosticism um I, I just have to believe like if if Jesus got 33 years on this earth, like I got time, I can figure it out. I'm allowed to be angry. I'm allowed to have moments of deep faith. I'm allowed to have moments of deep questioning. Sure. Um, and, and, and that's where I'm at. And I, I am a, a, I do consider myself a faith-based person. Mm-hmm. Um, I like prayer. I think prayer is a, a really cool thing regardless of yeah. its power. Like, yeah. I don't know. Well, that's, yeah. The heaven question was a little bit loaded because, like, I have 
my definition of heaven, I don't understand what it could be. Yeah. If human beings are what I think they're like now, I, I think it would have to be a continual, eternal, refining process. Totally. Unless you just fast forward and you're already perfect, but then I don't know what else there would be to do. I don't think the work ever stops, and I don't think that we have a full grasp of what perfection is. Mm-hmm. I don't think that we ever will. Well, if it's outside of time, it could, it could be this eternal refinement thing going. I'm just, I think I'm reaching a point where I'm tired of wasting my brain's energy on things I know I'm never going to have the answers to. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that that doesn't, I think that that hurts my relationships with people. I think that it hurts myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes me out of intentionality. Because mm-hmm. because even if I had all of these answers, like if, if right. we talked about this a little bit um, last week, but if I have to ask myself, if I had the answer to that question, would it fundamentally change my day to day? And if the answer is no, then why waste time thinking about it? Yeah. What were we talking about? That time? What was that in reference to? At the pool. The pool? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. With everybody. But I, I can't remember. When me and Whitney were just like roasting you. <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but I forget what question had been posed that was not important. I think we were talking about God. Oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> not yeah, that God's not important. casual pool party conversation. Yeah, pool. yeah. Tell me yeah, you're an God INFJ. Real? Hmm. Interessante. Yes. So yeah. Okay. Well. So I don't know what heaven's like. And quite frankly, I don't care because I'm not there yet. If I'm well, going to get there ever I at just, all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I just. At um, this point, it's very questionable. C.S. Lewis had a metaphor for heaven that I thought was appropriate. I do love C.S. Lewis. was like farther up, farther in. Like it was like. You're further climbing, up and further in. Further up, further in. Like like your Chronicles you're, of Narnia, the last yeah, battle. Yeah. Last battle. Yes. You're, yeah. Was it like a mountain kind of? And yeah. like each one was more amazing than the previous. Well, and That's it's a pretty a, cool. Well, and this is such a, and maybe we'll probably, we have been talking for a while, um, but if, if there is, so if, this is such a, a angsty thing to say, I do theater and I believe, regardless of the things that I question, I believe that I am inherently put on this earth to create things and to make things. And I think that's because regardless of, of what my faith falls under, right? Cause I have a really hard time with the term Christian right now. Um, I believe that's because I was intentionally designed. And the thing that I like about Christianity is, is being designed in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it, it, that, that immediately means that I'm worth something sure. um, and that human beings are worth something. And I had a, a professor that would always tell me, Christina, of all of the things that God made, he loved the human body so much he got one and kept it, you know, and, and after being raised Christian where you're told that you're a piece of shit the whole time um, and that your body is sinful, right? Accepting that I'm supposed to design things because I was designed. And if what God made, if, if God created everything and said everything is good, I have to believe it's going to continue. And so whatever heaven looks like, I don't think it's going to be too terribly different from what we have now. I just think it's going to be better. Yeah. I could be totally wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I only have an unofficial well, every, Bible minor. Everybody. And a lot of baggage and religious trauma. Yeah. But that's that's where that's how well, I'm I, able to sleep. I would at line night up with sometimes. that too. Like it would be similar to how we're how we are now. Yeah. Just maybe less just refined. Less pain and less pressure to get it right in an eighty year window. Yeah. With uncertainty on both sides. Eighty years. I have to. I'm living till I'm 102. Live? Oh well. 102. Yeah. I, I mean, have, I, I, have no I want to. I want to go to 150. 
Yeah, I don't want to be here that long. I'm not going to, you know. <laughs> I don't want to be here for 150 years. Well, I just don't know. Unless for all sure. of my friends are still alive. Or <laughs> my make cat. New, make new friends. Well, <laughs> that's hard for you. If you're not. Mm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's why so I have a lot of books. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Who's your favorite comedian? Oof. Nate Bargatze? <laughs> He's up there. Um, no, uh, I like am embarrassed to say this because of every. I love John Mulaney. Oh yeah, and he and just I, relapsed, didn't he? Well, now he's out, and he's now out he, again? he and Olivia Munn are expecting a child. Um, Olivia Munn? Yes, they met at a church in L.A. They met at church. Mm-hmm. So he's divorcing Amy. Um, and he used to be all like, I yes, remember. Yes, people are very upset about this, which is ridiculous. He was clean cut, sober. Yeah. Well, when he was in his prime. What is a prime? Yeah, I know. He's going to come back. No, but I, I love I love like John Mulaney. He's he's the one that I can... I'll watch his specials over and over and over. Wait, and over. Olivia Munn's the same Olivia Munn I'm thinking of, right? She's Yeah. She was on the game sh- gaming network stuff, and she dated Aaron Rodgers for a while. Yeah, and she's in X-Men. <laughs> back to the internet. Um... My Google history Olivia is Munn. Look so I weird just wanna, after this. I know. I like this is yeah, this is the right person I'm thinking. She's an actress. Do do do. So they met at church. What kind of church did they meet pro- at? Probably like a big ass mega church. She's in the Predator, she's in X Men Apocalypse. Can I see a yes. If I can use my phone. Ta da. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Small world. That's <laughs> For those of you listening to this, so John uh, Mulaney, you like him? Yeah, I love John Mulaney. You kind of have a similar delivery style. He seems so theatrical. Much. Yes, you know, he I, seems very like da da. Like I get a lot of confidence from John Mulaney because I'll watch his bits and then, and I will time how much space happens between laughs. Mm-hmm. Um, and John Mulaney gets a lot of silence. Does he? And then he just you know. And they don't have a lot of laughs. And, like after, and after I, the I saw him live a couple years ago, and I don't think that my stomach's ever hurt that badly from laughing. Yeah. Like I was just, I was so sore afterward. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I think that my style is very similar to his, just because it is anecdotal and and mm-hmm. very much a storytelling structure as opposed to set up yeah. joke, set up joke. My favorite thing of his is his Bill Clinton joke. Oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> I don't know, Fraz. All of his, all, right, all of his stuff is so good. All of his so Bill good. I think he does like little kids and impressions but, too. Like wow. Yes. Like, yeah. And, and, and yeah, I, I have, I have a couple silly, moments. Very silly. Very goofy. I, he is. He is. He's very silly. Mm-hmm. Um, have you seen Oh Hello? Is that one of his hours? With no. So it's a it's a two man show with John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. Oh it my gosh! Is my favorite thing. I, would watch I have that. watched it. I cannot tell you how many times. That's probably my favorite. That's that's the hybrid of like theater and comedy for me. Mm-hmm. I just think it's I like perfect. Nick Kroll. Nick Kroll is absurd. Nick Kroll is just. I want to meet him so badly. Mm-hmm. I would. He'd be one of my like. If you could go to lunch with anybody, people, Nick Kroll would be one of them. Wow. Yeah. I've like tweeted Nick Kroll. That's uh, and, yeah. and I've tagged him in things Did on he Instagram. Tweet you back? Oh, of course not. No. No. Before Nick left for the military, I was trying to get him to like repost a picture of nick uh, when nick was a kid because of big mouth you um, were whoring out your brother's military service oh, to get a retweet absolutely from <laughs> absolutely whatever it takes yeah yeah mm, i told great. i told nick this is dark so i'm sorry um one of the uh, milo ventimiglio who's on this is us and he was also on gilmore girls uh-huh. he came to he was at the base that nick's at in north carolina and i asked nick i was like why was he there and he goes oh he was here for the gold star families um and i told nick i said listen 
I don't want to meet a B-roll celebrity ever. Uh, the only reason it's okay for us to become a gold star family is if it means I can meet Bo Burnham. So if that's what it's going to, like, I, I will, I will happily be a gold. Dies, right? Yeah. <laughs> so oh it, like I said, it's dark. It's dark. Um, but, but can you just imagine like you lose your, your, your son, your brother, whatever in combat and you get like mm-hmm. a B-roll ABC family star. <laughs> like, I'm sorry for your loss. I think that's so ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's so stupid. Yeah, any of the families like tell off the celebrity oh like, no 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 this no, is no, not no bring back no. his child no i'm i'm i mean and I'm, I'm sure he has some i mean i love my love and timiglio don't misunderstand me yeah is that a dude thing for celebrities to be like oh well my well, presence I don't, should surely help i don't know this. if he has like I, I don't know enough about this person to really be roasting him but he's not gonna listen to this uh, maybe he will who knows <sighs> um but i'm i'm sure he has some kind of like military affiliation you know oh. and it's not just like a make-a-wish thing okay gotcha. um I have I have no idea, but like the family loves this person. Yeah, maybe. Okay. Who knows? Who knows? But I just thought that was funny. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, is it always an a hole move we for celebrity all to visit children in the hospital? Differently. Like, doesn't Bill have a joke about that meeting the Avengers in the hospital? Yeah, he's he gets cancer <laughs> <laughs> in the joke. Yeah, in the joke from a radioactive spider. <laughs> I, you know, he's he's good. He's he's very good. He's, good. he's very good. Well, um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to talk about? I'm good. We're we've. I'm good. I think. Okay. Well, before we go, um, promote your 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 stuff. Any shows or oh, your, your um, social, personal social media? Everything. So my personal social media is Christina Rose Yassi on all platforms. Um. And as I say in my bit, my initials spell cry. So if you can't remember all three names, <laughs> Sad it'll pop up. It'll pop up. Um, yeah. And I have a show in, I don't know when this is going to be released, but there is a show happening on September 18th um, at the Greer that, Performing Arts Center. Well, then it will have already <laughs> happened. And I'm sorry, all of you missed it. Yeah, no, it won't be up by then. Um, but yeah, that's I'm and I'm working on some stuff. Okay. So just keep hitting the open mics. Yeah, you can catch her around town at the open mics. Yeah. But my Instagram is where I promote most yep. of the stuff I do. Book shows, yeah. all that stuff. And I'm going to start posting. I do have Twitter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't tweet as often as I used to. Yeah. Yes. And you're going to start hosting, you said? Mm-hmm. Where? Radio Room, I think. Radio Room? Yeah. Oh, heck I yeah. I got, uh, what was it, inducted. Okay. Yes. yes. Yeah, I think Adam's now looking for people to kind of step yeah. in from time to time. So. Yeah. Um, well, that'll be exciting. So well, stay tuned. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for yeah. uh, coming on. Yeah, thanks for on. having me. All right. We'll have to have you on again, I think. Self-deprivation. Self-deprivation. Deprecation, Christina. Damn it. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time.